Greetings and welcome to Disrupt Your Day Season 2, Emerging Business Culture with Petula Sankar Singh. I am the CEO and founder of Vision Ready. Season 2 brings you a powerful lineup of women who dare to be change makers and disrupt your day. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Disrupt Your Day. Season two, Emerging Business and Culture. I am your host, Petula Sankar Singh. Today, we have Kim in the house. (laughs) We are very excited. She is a powerhouse, a combination of just a whole bunch of badass stuff. (laughs) I love it. Um, Today, we're going to touch on addressing challenges um, from individuals and groups within the LGBT communities um, in relations to small businesses, getting opportunities, and any challenges and disparities we ha- she has seen and experienced, and as well as what we're trying to do and change. Welcome, Kim. It's so amazing to have you. Tula, I need to have you as my hype person all the time. I love that. Thank you for that intro. <laughs> I'm glad you to be very here. You're welcome. <laughs> I'll definitely take the job. <laughs> so welcome. So tell us, tell us, um, how are things over there in Chicago? Um, tell us about um, all your experiences and how it hones back into the LGBTQ community. Yeah, so thank you for the opportunity to to share. Um, you know, you and I talked about the weather just before we we started, and it's January in Chicago. And every January, February, I go, why do I live here? But this is where I am. <laughs> Chicago is actually, um, I, I find it to be a really amazing place to be in mm-hmm. terms of um, LGBTQ work. Uh, I like to say that um, we're we're in a bubble, and that's that's not to say that there aren't some aren't obviously real challenges. There are challenges um, everywhere. We've had a history of advocacy and, and activism that has mm-hmm. uh, put Chicago and Illinois, uh, mm-hmm. at least in terms of Illinois, in terms of state legislature mm-hmm. actions. Um, you know, in the forefront in terms of policy changes that have helped protect LGBTQ folks. And uh, we continue to, you know, find ways to, to strengthen safety nets, strengthen laws and that kind of thing, um, and provide, generally speaking, just an environment where folks can, can yeah. thrive um, in whatever it is that they choose to do mm-hmm. um, from, you know, working in the nonprofit sphere, sphere uh, being entrepreneurs, yes. um, finding other ways, creative ways to uh, make sure that their needs are taken care of. We're super fortunate to just live at the, the nexus of a lot of great work that has happened over the years. That is awesome. Um, I'm happy to hear that. So I did um, a a report, some um, some background on you know the LGBTQ community as, as far as small businesses, um, 
and like certification process and, you know, getting in front of like um, getting contracts with government and corporation. And the numbers were really low in like identifying that group in small business and even the certification. And then I realized that a lot of things aren't in place for the community. Um, mm-hmm. And I would like to see that change, <laughs> um, wow. and, you know, cause we now provide a certification for the community. Can you expound a little bit on that? Yeah, I would say, you know, anytime you're gonna talk about data in the LGBTQ community, yeah. we know that there's just a lot of underreporting cause there aren't a lot of um, efforts to really get a sense of how large the community is, yeah. uh, especially when you start talking about the state and local mm-hmm. level, and even at the national level, um, a lot of that work has come from the census that hasn't had an LGBTQ-related question for a very long, and even then, it's really focused on same-sex households, not mm-hmm. individuals. Yeah, um, so much on questionnaires or surveys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the the undercount of LGBTQ folks is pretty significant, we think. Um, and then when you move to, you know, the business side, um, most places don't have an LGBTQ certification mm-hmm. at all. Um, so it's hard to even count and there's who is asking the question of entrepreneurs and business owners right um so i suspect based on anecdotal information and just what i see Mm -hmm. in other parts of the lgbtq community um that there are more yeah uh business owners than the numbers would would show but there's very few opportunities and ways um, that are built in for folks to come around together, uh, even around their, their business needs as an yeah. LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. We've had a pretty active LGBTQ uh, Chamber of Commerce for Illinois. And yeah. um, it has a long history, but in the last couple of years that I'm familiar with, it's mm-hmm. been really active in terms of reaching out uh, more broadly to LGBTQ folks around the state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, who wouldn't necessarily uh, engage with the chamber before because they didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's an opportunity to really leverage the numbers, the growing numbers of, of membership um, mm-hmm. uh, to, to do something. And I know there have been efforts in the past to create yeah. a local LGBTQ certification too for folks to tap into. That's ox- excellent. So what I've also learned that... Um, which is horrible. <laughs> uh, they fall under the minority uh, group, which if people actually take time to learn <laughs> what the minority certification is, it's based on ethnicity, right? Um, not um, a group, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, where we're trying to make that change, you know, you're a woman, you're a minority, you're LGBTQ, mm-hmm. or you're a veteran, or you're all of them, you know? Mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. I think that's where it falls for the community because when it comes to contracts and uh, it, within the government sector or even corporations, they're just saying, are you a minority? Yeah. 
you know, which is not a good thing. And that's how they're not being recognized. And like you said, those box aren't there. When you're answering questions for an application and to get an opportunity to, you know, that chance to get a huge contract to grow your business, it's just not there for the community. What work do you think that needs to be done for this to change? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I'll say some of the challenge that, um, you know, I've heard folks talk about around this designation. um, And I would say it's uh, misguided for the most part, but something to really, you know, delve into as these policies and opportunities are being created is that that designation um, also could lend itself to cisgender white gay men. Mm -hmm. Um, and there is an assumption that, um, cisgender white gay men, Mm -hmm. uh, would have other opportunities Mm -hmm. because they're white men. Um, and that's one of the criticisms that I've heard, but I think there are ways to to deal with that and just putting that out there really negates all the work, all the businesses and mm-hmm. um, ideas and opportunities, um, real or future for um, uh, the diversity mm-hmm. under the LGBTQ um, umbrella. Um, and it is diversity, you know, it, it's, there's a it, lot of diversity, right? <laughs> a lot of diversity. And it's, why can't we just have in, um, inclusivity versus mm-hmm. like inclusion for everyone, yes. um, versus, yeah. you know, what you look like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's, that's the hump, I think, to get over though, really to illustrate that there's, so much diversity in the LGBTQ community. Um, And, you know, this, I was saying this just a a moment ago, just the collection of data on LGBTQ people is so sparse. It's just, it's hard to know what the impact is of any policy or opportunity on our community because we're not, folks are not collecting the data. Uh, institutions, whether they be, you know, business offices at the state and local levels um, Mm -hmm. uh, for entrepreneurship opportunities, Mm -hmm. or even in the healthcare setting, just anywhere, the collection of, of data on LGBTQ folks is just not happening. And so certifications Mm -hmm. really open the door uh, Mm -hmm. for um, groups and individuals that otherwise wouldn't have the push that's needed, yes. but it also is, an you know, a, a touch point to, to, to say, you know, this is what the benefit of this, this, uh, opportunity is, or mm-hmm. this is, this is what the needs of this community are. But if mm-hmm. you're not, the data isn't collected, the opportunities aren't created. It's, it's, it's hard to see where we count. Right. And that is so impactful. What you just said, Mm -hmm. it's hard to see where we count because in doing my own research, you know, with MBDA, with, uh, um, 
small businesses administration with all those you know different sectors within the government it's not there <laughs> the it's data not there. is not there it's Mm-mm. very very limited and it's like that whole group and that whole community is not being recognized. And mm-hmm. I would really, really like to be on the forefront of change with that because that is not fair, you know? And it's so needed because there's <laughs> so much entrepreneurship going on in LGBTQ communities. And a lot of it has stemmed from the discri- discrimination that happens in other sectors that makes it challenging for mm-hmm. folks to, to uh be safe. Um, And so folks are creating um, their own opportunities. And it would be wonderful um, to be able to provide those business owners with the opportunity to get just a just a little nudge, just a little more help. I've been a business owner and we went through all the certification processes, which are not easy to do. (laughs) You gotta really want to make this happen. Yeah. But then the doors that were opened as a result of uh, having those certifications was really huge. It put us on the radar of larger uh, companies so that we could be subcontractors. Yes. Um, And it um, gave us uh, a window to other uh, resources at the federal, state, and local level for Mm -hmm. business owners. gave us uh, more access to capital yeah. uh, because we had the certification. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's such a benefit um, to those certifications. And it would be nice if the LGBTQ community had access to those benefits too. Yes. Uh, yes. And we're hoping to make that change. And, you know, with people as like yourself to help us facilitate those change um, and make it more impactful for the community to be recognized. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, when I was in Chicago, I lived in Chicago for like 30 years of my life. (laughs) And um, I lived in Andersonville and Mm -hmm. that community, um, there there was, the community was primarily LGBTQ and owners of the bars and shops and stores. And I just love the energy and the vibe and it was just positive and it, it was just always a great experience. And I don't understand, you know, why people find that not to be a good thing to, to learn. And, you know, um, one thing you did say in your, your um, bio that you're a lifelong learner. And I always say that about myself. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a lifelong learner. That's right. <laughs> right. And I encourage others to do so as well. <clears throat> so, Ken, let me dive into you a little bit and some thoughts uh, that you may have. Oh, um, this is the hard part. So tell me, what's something people seem to misunderstand about you? Huh. Um, I, I think... Sometimes people take niceness and openness as a weakness, <laughs> but uh, you know, I was raised to be a very loving, caring person, and I bring that into professional settings and everything yeah. I do, because uh, I'm learning as I get older, too. It's much easier to just be my authentic self than mm-hmm. to 
try to be somebody else <laughs> and, and switch that up in different places. Um, but I, I think that's probably main, the main thing that the, the niceness and the kindness is, is a weakness. Oh, and it's not. <laughs> I don't think so. No. Because if they only knew. <laughs> they already know what I know. <laughs> <laughs> so next question for you. What is the failure that you're mo- that you most cherish? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I have to cherish all of them, I think. <laughs> They have all been learning opportunities, but I guess one that really comes to mind because I've been going through some old papers trying to make room for new papers uh, (laughs) is that I did not get into a PhD program when I was uh, applying many years ago. And I think that is the best thing that could have happened to me. So I cherish that. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Love it. So if you can go back five years, Kim, in your life, what advice would you give yourself? Oh, wow. That's a good one. Um, You know, I I think, and this is something I I still have to remind myself of from time to time as as a woman of color and in in the world <laughs> is that I am enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I talked about not uh, not trying to be someone else, um, even in different settings. I mean, we all have to code switch from time to time. Yes. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think for me, and I know for others in my sphere, you know, you get all the degrees, you get all the certifications, you do all the things because you're trying to signal to the world that you are a capable uh, human being with, uh, you know, great ideas and thoughts and all of that stuff. And um, I would have probably had one less degree <laughs> and, and a lot more money <laughs> as a result. Um but yeah, I wouldn't have uh, stressed myself out with imposter syndrome and also mm. just thinking that I couldn't, wasn't capable of doing things. I will say being a business owner yeah. taught me I can do anything. Oh, <laughs> right. The anything. resilience. <laughs> you have to, you got to figure it out. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes. yes, you do. Oh, well, thank you for that. That's, that was very, um, very warm and definitely authentic. So now, um, as we speak today, you are the executive director of the Pride Action Tank. It's a project of the AIDS Foundation. Um, And you also serve as the senior director of policy and advocacy advocacy and operations. So tell us a little bit about your role as executive director and how, you know, has that been and um, how does it resonate with you um, on a personal level? Yeah, so I'm very fortunate to do something that I absolutely love mm-hmm. and something that I helped co-create and mm-hmm. uh, brought it to AIDS Foundation Chicago. And they were like, oh, we absolutely want to bring this into mm-hmm. the organization. So it, it, it provides me personally with an opportunity to 
have some autonomy, be very creative, mm -hmm. um, really um, sort of live into my life's work mm -hmm. um, as opposed to thinking about this as a job. Um, and I know that I'm very privileged and fortunate to, to do that. Um, and as a result, you know, I get to bring my sort of philosophy of life into mm -hmm. this work, which is highly collaborative mm -hmm. and very much driven by community. So mm -hmm. I, um, I get to try out and implement uh, uh, opportunities to uh, definitely find ways to bring yeah. community voice into the work mm -hmm. on a sustained, in a sustained manner, right. and also to convene all kinds of folks uh, to address the issues facing our community. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is wonderful. And then with my other hat uh, as a senior director, I work with an amazing team of folks mm -hmm. um, who are really pushing some great public policy forward, both legislative and administrative policies, okay. and just share that mindset around how do we bring community into this work. Oh, that's amazing. And you're a storyteller. Um, you host a, an event in Chicago, a co-host. Uh, so tell us about that. I love storytellers, by the way. Oh, <laughs> yes, storytelling is everything. You know, like many others, I, you know, was a little kid in the room when adults would share yeah all the nonsense that they were doing currently and the nonsense <laughs> that they they did as kids, which I couldn't even imagine these grown people being kids at the time. Um, but the storytelling is just such a big part of my life in, in general before I, there were these formal outlets for me. Uh, but co-hosting Outspoken once a month is just uh, a dream. It's oh, the man. only monthly storytelling uh, program in Chicago that is only LGBTQ or focused on LGBTQ folks every month. And uh, that storytelling has such a huge impact on me that I've brought storytelling into the work at AIDS Foundation Chicago so that we move beyond sort of the two minute elevator pitch yeah. to legislative officials <laughs> right, and move right. to expanded stories mm -hmm. uh, that we invite legislators and other uh, policymakers to hear. So they're getting a more um, intense picture of mm -hmm. what that individual or group of individuals has faced. That's, that's gotta be very impactful being able to share um, on a deeper level, the story versus like you said, that elevator pitch, right? Mm -hmm. um, I never really <laughs> resonated with that, but I know I that's can't what do it. Look for, you know? <laughs> <laughs> How can you get to know someone in just a hundred? I think it's like a hundred and forty words. Characters it's short, yeah. It's just it's too short. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. Well, thank you for all your amazing work within the community. Um, your impact that you're you're actually making a footprint um, throughout the community and much more. I mean, <laughs> I definitely want to continue to stay in conversation with you. How we can. Yes. Um, continue to be bring awareness to the LGBTQ community um, with the certifications, the opportunities, um, and just making it, it 
like standard, you know? mm-hmm. like, you know, there are individuals and there, you know, the groups, everyone's people, you know, people. That are, is the bottom line. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I mean, man, so, um, I mean, this has been a phenomenal talking to you. I wish I could talk. I could talk to you all day. Oh yeah. <laughs> we'll have to do this after hours. Yeah. Uh, I'd so love to come to, to Florida. <laughs> Yes, yes. A, bottle. Yes. <laughs> a bottle of wine, probably. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, in closing, Kim, what would be some words of encouragement um, or just in your own um, authentic words that you would like to share to um, small businesses, uh, the LGBTQ community, um, and just that group um, for growth? future, mm-hmm. you know, vision, you know, that kind of thing. I, you know, keep following your dream. I, I will tell you that when my business partner and I started our business, the way we wanted to do it again, mm-hmm. community center, we were told over and over again, that model's not going to work. That model's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And they were wrong. <laughs> model worked. You know, our yeah. first year we had maybe 250,000 in revenues, mm-hmm. small group, uh, non working with nonprofits and all of that. Yeah. By the time I left the company five years later, we were up to almost a million dollars in revenue. Oh so, and, and some of those naysayers came back to us like, you know, I thought this couldn't work, but clearly mm-hmm. it can. So keep following your dream. That doesn't mean that you don't tweak things from time yeah. to time, mm-hmm. but you're probably offering something that no one else can imagine. So mm-hmm. just keep doing it. Yeah, I mean, I I was encouraged. Follow your passion, you know. That what resonates with your soul. Well, thank you so much, Kim, um, and thank you everyone for joining us and uh, visiting Disrupt Your Day. We hope you continue to smile to to follow us as a hundred percent women owned um, minority company as as well. Um, We hope to continue to be impactful to you and our audience um, on a whole and globally. So um, we will share some information in the description um, on how to stay involved with Kim (laughs) (laughs) Um, and get to learn more about what's happening in the community. Thank you and have an amazing day. Thank you, Kim. Thank you. Thank you for listening and letting us disrupt your day. Make sure and subscribe to our podcast. For the latest entrepreneur buzz, please sign up for our newsletter. The link is in the description. Remember, be the change you want to see in the world. Until next time.